This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is the late show. Steve in for Henry Lake. Happy holidays to you and yours from all of us here at News Talk E3O, WCCO, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Uh, best wishes to you and yours. Steve Thompson and uh, Chris Tubbs, our producer on this chilly night. Take care. Dangerous weather conditions. I, I opened an hour ago. I'll say it again. Don't fool around. This is this is no joke. Um, cold in these parts. So heed the warnings. Take it easy. If you must go out here in the metro area, one of those, let people know your plans. Check in. Check in with your neighbors. Uh, make sure everything's okay. Um, let's help each other out and get through this. By Christmas Eve, the winds will finally lay down, and then we'll see a warming trend. A sneak peek at that forecast. Uh, middle of next week, Wednesday, 34. 37 <laughs> next Thursday. Don't have to threaten me with a good time. Yeah, so there you go. Um, Chris Tubbs, typically, yes. when I fill in for Henry, uh-huh. uh, put, puts together an outline, and then we kick around ideas. Uh, it, it's a uh, Google Doc. It, it works great. Uh, he'll, he'll put ideas out there. I'll, I'll put ideas out there. He'll say, that is so stupid, Steve. Why would, why would you do that? Yeah, w- uh, what, what I do is I immediately remove your admin privileges. Yeah, there and, you go. and I'm like, I don't know what happened to the doc. I'm able to work on it, and by that point, I'm. It's like you know what? Exactly. It's 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 too late. You know, I believe they yeah. call that in the uh, business uh, creative control. Yeah, and you know, there's certain no-brainers. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to talk Vikings. Chris Thomason will join us later on in the hour from the Pioneer Press. We'll talk purple. Uh, we've talked some twins. We talked MLB, Bob Nightingale. You know, there's certain things uh, on a sports-oriented show. You get into the Timberwolves. You get into the Wild. You you, you do a little of this, a little of that. But uh, tonight, we're going to have a little fun. And this is Chris' idea. Yeah. And well, it's a takeoff of uh, one of the, the great Seinfeld episodes. Yeah. I, I mean, you talked about all of those holidays. You know, Christmas, Kwanzaa. Hanukkah. Yeah. But alas, you forgot. A Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> and at the Festivus dinner, you gather your family around and tell them all the ways they have disappointed you over the past year. And is there a tree? No, instead there's a pole. 
requires no decoration. I find tinsel distracting. So uh, there it is, the wonderful Jerry Stiller as a Frank Costanza. I- I'm a big Steinfeld, Mark. There's no, I love the show. I think Larry David's incredibly creative. And it got me thinking because part of Festivus is the airing of the grievances. So my question to you, Steve Thompson, and to the listeners in CCO land, 651-461-9226, Cities One Talk and uh, uh, Cities One Plumbing, rather, uh, Talk and Text Line. What is your Minnesota sports festivist? Like, what has disappointed you over the last 12 months? And uh, I know there is, you know, we've got some good vibes going on right now with a couple of our teams, but we know that this is a market that has been downtrodden uh, for quite some time. So I will let you take the reins from here. And, and, I, and I think that's a good point, Chris, when, when we talk about the Minnesota sports festivist, an airing of grievances. Now, as Jerry Stiller pointed out, you know, how, you know, you've disappointed me. Those We, 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 we don't want to go down that. But, but we do want to focus on grievances with the local sports team mm-hmm. on our Minnesota Sports Festivus tonight. And there's a lot of directions we could go. And as you pointed out, there's teams on an upswing, the Vikings, have exceeded all expectations. The greatest comeback uh, to cap it off in NFL history uh, to to run their record to an improbable eleven and three. Largest comeback, that, yeah, that's impressive. So, so that that probably wouldn't be on the list. The Wild right now on a major upswing. They're on a roll. They get the Sharks tonight. They beat the Ducks last night in Southern California. So that may not be on their list. So I'm going to start with with one. And it has to do with Golden Gopher football. And this isn't going to be a rant on P.J. Flack or, you know, I, I don't like him. I'm just saying that Gopher football underachieved this season with a historically weak schedule Yes, in a historically Big Ten West. And P.J. Flack still got a bump in pay and an extra year tacked onto his contract. I know that's how the game is played in major college football with all this TV money coming in. It still annoys me. And on top of it, the pinstripe bowl in Yankee Stadium. Oh, boy. You mean you're not excited for the the historic pinstripe bowl? That I think once was like, I think the first one was like Duke and Syracuse back in like 2000, uh, 2014 or something like that. That doesn't, that doesn't tickle your fancy, Steve? Yeah, it it just is one of those where I, I feel like this season could have been, should have been so much more than it turned out to be. Now, don't get me wrong. Getting Paul Bunyan's axe again or keeping the axe, that's great. But Iowa and Floyd of Rosedale, this was, um, in the Kirk Ferentz era, one of the worst Iowa teams, and you still couldn't get it done. Uh, yeah. I, that that is a grievance. Golden Gopher football in twenty two. Yeah. All right, Chris. What do you got? And I love my Minnesota Twins. I've been a Minnesota Twins fan since I was a wee little lad in southwestern Minnesota, going to uh, the caravans at the uh, Marshall Best Western uh, in the middle of winter. Yeah. But the Minnesota Twins front office really mishandled this off season. They waited. They put all of their eggs 
in one basket in Carlos Correa, and they got played by Scott Boris in the process. Now, you're not, I don't know if they were waiting for a hometown discount. You're not going to get a hometown discount on Carlos Correa. Number one, he's not a hometown kid. Number two, it's Scott Boris. Number two, Steve, when you see that Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts are each signing for 300 plus million, and Carlos Correa to me is maybe the top shortstop on the market, you know, maybe a schmidge under Trey Turner. You know you got to be three ten to three fifteen plus. To me, that's where you know you got to be living. So y- you went in knowing that you were probably not going to be competitive. Number three, because of that, because of waiting on one guy, you completely whiffed. You did not. You you didn't. I don't even know what the word is. You know, in, in investing, but you did not. Look at any of the other free agents. Carlos Rodon, Dansby Swanson. Uh, I, I feel like Joey Gallo, even though it's, wow. I mean, it's it's an okay, it's not going to move the meter. So I feel like as of right now, the Minnesota Twins, it has been franchise malpractice what they have done this offseason. I feel like they have, every step that they have taken has been the wrong one. Yeah, and the the Korea one, going into the offseason, when you knew he was going to opt out, the writing was on the wall in that first season, opt out, uh, test the waters. I was throwing out 250. I had no idea, and I don't think anybody had an idea what this market would be. And when that market exploded, then it was kind of like, whoa, and you hit the nail on the head for me when when you said once those other dominoes started to fall, the Twins had to know, hey, you know, we're we're not getting this guy for anything less than three hundred million. Yes, uh, ten ten plus years, and and didn't really have a plan B. And, and like I say, you know, the the guy they got in Joey Gallo, maybe, may, maybe it'll turn out to be. The, the greatest deal, the, the greatest deal, the greatest bargain in Major League Baseball. This, this, this is going to be, this is going to be Chili Dave. I, I feel like that's but, what we're banking on, right? We're banking on this being Chili Davis back in 1991 coming from San Francisco. He's your DH and you go on this really fun run. I, I mean, again, I'm not dissing Joey Gallo, but Joey Gallo is, is not one of those guys that Twins fans are like, Oh my gosh, this is great. Like he's, he's, a good ball player, but when Was. you had all of these other things that were out there, I think Twins fans are just feeling like, what are, what are we doing here? Yeah, and and that's why I said even before the break, setting up our Minnesota sports festivus and airing of grievances in this half hour. You know, I brought that up. They they got to do more. They they clearly have to do more. You you can't go into winter caravan and ultimately go to Twins Fest at the end of January and get people cranked up about pitchers and catchers and spring training in the start of the 23 campaign without doing more and, and doing more to improve the ball. Game. Yeah, I, I feel they, like it, they I, have yeah. some nice pieces. They have starting pitching depth. But yeah, they do. You, you've got to make another move to create some buzz. Yeah, well, sure. y- you do, and I feel like they're backing themselves into a corner by having to make a trade to to bring in that missing piece. I do think the staff, I do think it is, 
it is deep. I don't feel like you need to go out and feel like, okay, well, we absolutely have to trade Kenta Maeda coming off Tommy John. We don't have to trade Sonny Gray. It's like you don't have to go out and make a trade just to make a trade. It's got to make sense. But yeah. at the end of the day, I just I feel like they could have avoided this by just being more prepared earlier on in the free agency. Yeah, and and add a name that's going to create some excitement. All right, Byron Buxton. Minnesota Sports Festivus will continue in a moment. Uh, you can get involved. Cities One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, 651-461-9226. Much more to come. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. I'm not going to rip the Vikings, but where they play, not real thrilled. And uh, rumor is we might talk a little Timberwolves as well. That is coming up. Minnesota Sports Festivus. The airing of grievances continues. In a moment. Our Minnesota Sports Festivus continues. You may remember the Seinfeld episode, airing grievances, telling people how they've disappointed you. Well, uh, we're, we're just getting into airing your grievances when it comes to Minnesota sports. I'm going to start this portion of our Festivus picking on one of the venues. And I brought this up before. Chris and I have talked about it before. Uh, he gets the Viking games over at U.S. Bank Stadium. I, I got over there for Prep Bowl this fall. Actually, not Prep Bowl. It was the state football semifinals. And every time I visit that venue, whether it's a concert or a Viking game or Prep Bowl or the state soccer playoffs, whatever, is the temporary tents and the shoddy security fencing circling the building Pardon my French, but it looks like hell. Um, there should be and should have been, from day one, a well-designed permanent structure for security screening, the metal detectors, and a much better security perimeter around the stadium. Removable fencing on yes. days when there aren't events. Yeah. Something more thought out in a facility that cost over a billion dollars and hundreds of millions of dollars in public money went into it. Um, this thing was on the drawing board after 9-11. It was built after 9-11. A security perimeter for a building that will attract 70,000 fans to any given event should have had a much, much better plan in the place. Uh, as far as security, and and also taking into account aesthetics. Because let's face it, aesthetics were part of the design of the building, the look, the feel. And then they completely forgot about the security portion and how that's going to blend and how it's going to look. I mean, those tents look like something that would be set up for a golf tournament. And they sit there for the entire football season, held down by gigantic concrete blocks. It's it's preposterous. Now I know they're they're in the design phase to change all of that, but come on, the building's been open for years now. Yeah, over five. Yeah, at, at this at this point, you need to figure out a better way because there there and I think we've talked about this a little bit, Steve. Like there yeah. are people that are only going to go to U.S. Bank Stadium maybe once, 
And that's going to be part of what they remember. And the perception is, well, if it looks shoddy and if it's not shoddy, it's not safe, even though it, you know, it might be completely the opposite. The perception is if it looks like it's ragtag and it's not, and and it's not properly, you know, it's not properly set up, then that is, that to me could have a, a very long term, you know, effect on people. Well, it, here, here's the thing, and, I, and I'll just make one other point. We all remember when they tore down the Metrodome and they started construction. What's the first thing they do on a construction site? They set up a big, tall fence to keep people out and keep people from falling in the hole or, or damaging construction equipment. They put up a fence. So when they got the building done, they said, hey, we can repurpose that construction fencing for our security perimeter. And it's been like that for years. I mean, I, I know Lester Bagley and I know the, the, the stadium commission are working on something. What's taking so long? It's, it's embarrassing. And like I say, you're a season ticket holder. Yeah. I, and I got there for the, I, I said, this has got to be some sort of joke. Because they spend so much on the look and feel of the exterior of the building, that's what they came up with. So that's that's my second Minnesota Sports Festivus. All right, Chris, what do you got? I've got one more, and, and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it on this because I know we've got Chris Thomason coming up uh, in about five minutes or so. Mine is also a team that I've been a fan of since the inception back in 1989. The Minnesota Timberwolves. And you go out, and my gut reaction, Steve, and I I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer at the time, but we know that sometimes when you go out and you make these big moves and you acquire a superstar and you put them alongside other superstars, you're like, this just has disaster written all over it. I, I was like, no, I'm not going to allow myself to go there. I'm not going to allow myself to look at what the Minnesota Timberwolves did in the offseason and allow that to be a negative because very few times in, in this franchise's history, the illustrious history of the Minnesota Timberwolves, have they ever gone out and been as aggressive in getting somebody the caliber of Rudy Gobert. But that being said, the Minnesota Timberwolves being unable to figure out how to play with their new roster. I'm sorry, but this was a franchise-altering move for not just this year and next year, for several years down the road. They missed out on, you know, kind of like the Twins. Like, they've got to make this work now. Like, you have got to figure out how to make this work. And I give Tim Conley credit. He he came in with some stones, and he's like, I'm going to make this big move. But everyone involved is being paid a ton of money. Figure it out. I'm going to amplify something you brought up in Tim Connolly. I think it was one of those things when he took over, it was like, okay, uh, Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, who are going to be my boss. You got to make a splash. Talk. Yeah. And and they talk Glenn Taylor, their current partner. Glenn Taylor is going to exit stage right. And, and Lori and A-Rod take over the keys to the franchise. They'll, they'll 
they'll be the owners, mm-hmm. and, and Glenn Taylor won't be there making any decisions. He felt like I had to make a big move. Where I think it would have been better if he would have come in, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, and said, hey, they made the playoffs, they pushed Memphis to six, let's see what I have here. Instead of mortgaging, as you pointed out, I mean, this could have as big an impact on the Timberwolves if it doesn't go well, if it doesn't pan out as the whole Joe Smith fiasco. Yeah. Once upon a time. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you know, with that, the NBA took away picks from you. Here, you willingly traded those. And, and I will say, I, Lake and I have had this conversation. He will not make Rudy Gobert the scapegoat. I will not either. This is not on Rudy Gobert. Like, Rudy Gobert is, is I know they all want to win. I know they want to win. But it's just, it's it's so frustrating to see this team was... I felt like they were on a trajectory, and now it's like you have to stop and you have to hit the reset button. And I, I have no doubt that they can figure it out. But for every for every game that goes along, you start to like, okay, well, you can't you can't do this, but now you got this, and then you yeah. got to bring in Cat. And I, I feel like I feel like you're going to be at the same point when Cat comes back that you were at the beginning of training camp. Well, it, and it it has the potential. Of being the Timberwolves version of the Herschel Walker trade. In reality, it does. Yeah, it yeah it it does. And I I I don't again I don't want to put Rudy Gobert in that Herschel Walker category because he definitely does not deserve it. This is not this is not Rudy Gobert. It's you know it's not even Tim Conley. But, but at the time, you can't blame go way back in time to the Herschel Walker trade. I didn't blame Herschel Walker for the trade. No, you blame you blame Mike blame Lynn Mike for that Lynn. Trip. Yes, yeah, bl- yeah. Bl- bl- blame Mike Lynn for it. Absolutely, but hey, yeah. you know, yeah, I, see what happens. Yeah, and tough trip by the way. Uh, we'll, we'll have a little more on that tough trip coming up, starting in Boston tomorrow night. By the way, we'll be on the air at six with Cal Alan Horton with the play-by-play from Beatontown after six thirty. When we come back following the weather, Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press. We'll get an update on the injury report. Uh, The strategy for the Vikes over the final three regular season games. They get the Giants Christmas Eve. All of that on the way here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Vikings-Giants. Saturday, another Saturday tilt at U.S. Bank Stadium. And the Vikings opened as four-point favorites. Uh, Right now... Uh, They sit at three-and-a-half-point favorites. And this is interesting because the Vikings, while they have an outside chance to get the number one seed in the NFC, the Philadelphia Eagles have the upper hand uh, with three to go. goes without saying. But it's still in play. The Eagles haven't clinched the number one seed. The Vikings at 11-3 and have had... In their 11 wins, everything go their way this year. They had the blowout win over the Packers. And if you need any more examples, uh, point to the Colts game. Second game this year, they had absolutely no business winning, in my opinion. Lions early at home. And then after that first half against the Colts, um, it's still astonishing. It, It took me several hours to come to grips with with that 
four-hour affair at U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> they, they, they found a way, uh, clinched the NFC North, and now they've got the Giants at home, and then chilly games on the road with the Packers and the Bears. See, see, and, I, I think that everybody, I, I think that you guys are you're looking at it wrong here when it comes to, you know, the, the Vikings and still wanting that number one. See, t- to me, I feel like you almost got to go back to you know what it was like in 2017. Just know that the number one seed for me at this point is basically out of reach. To me, if I'm the Vikings, I'm looking at San Francisco. I'm like, okay, I want to hold off the Niners at this point. Like, I don't want to have to slip down to that three and potentially have to go out to San Francisco. I, if I'm the Vikings, I absolutely want to hold on to that number two because if Dallas beats Philadelphia, you've still got to gain uh, two games with you know two to go. Plus, Dallas has got the tiebreaker over you. So I think to to me, the focus for the Vikings would be just do whatever you can to keep that number two seed and just concede home field throughout to Philadelphia and, and hope that somebody can knock off the Eagles. Yeah, and the the thing for the Minnesota Vikings, and, and that brings me to the next question as we stand three to go, got the division wrapped up, you're going to be in the playoffs. And I, and I think the sense that the Vikings were going to be in the playoffs uh, – they got to nine wins in this division. It was like, yeah, they're they're probably going to win this thing. I know the Lions and the Packers still have this idea that they got a shot postseason, and they do. But the, I, I felt like once you got to nine, it was like, all right, nine and eight's in. They're going to be in the playoffs. May not win the division, and and now that's a done deal. I, I think in some ways. You got to keep the pedal to the metal. I, I I think this idea that all right, we're going to sit players and we're, I mean maybe maybe in week seventeen you, you sit some people and and give them a breather. Um, but yeah, I I think going into this Giants game, you want to win, and the Giants are coming in here with the idea that you know a W goes a long way to getting them into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, their win over Washington has now given yep. them like an 88% chance to make the playoffs. So that was a big win for them. And absolutely, I, I think the Giants, you know, they want to try and, to me, it's like they want to try and jump Dallas. And I don't know that anybody's going to jump Dallas, but at this point, the Giants are, you know, they're kind of one of those teams that started out fast. Daniel Jones has had a nice season. Then they went through that swoon, and and now you're back. So, I don't think the Vikings are in any position to sit any of their starters at this point. I think it would be kind of a silly thing. And I know you want to keep guys healthy, but if that's the difference between the two and the three seed and going out to San Francisco potentially or, you know, having San Francisco come here, it's still a hell of a hard matchup. And that's assuming things break right. To me, well, you, you for, don't, for the, sure. the Vikings don't have that room for error at this point. Because the Niners' defense right now, legit, is, it's nasty, is at a level where where they could pull uh, a Ravens with Trent Dilfer at the helm trip to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they they are that good. I absolutely am a believer in the San Francisco Forty ers I I absolutely am. I mean, I don't think they've lost since they've acquired Christian McCaffrey. 
Like they were three and four at one point, and they are now ten and four. Well, and and take it a step further. This is the kind of Niners defense where if the offense doesn't make any mistakes, in other words, doesn't give up a pick six, doesn't do anything stupid on their end of the field, the offense maybe puts up nine points. Defense might get you a touchdown, and and they win. They win a couple of playoffs games. You know, sixteen to ten. I think they're yeah. that good. Oh, they're great. They, I don't think if if you have not been following the San Francisco 49ers, I this this is a team that honestly I think probably puts more scare into me as a Vikings fan than Philadelphia or Dallas. Like San Francisco is the one team because of the physicality of that defense. Yeah. And they've got so many playmakers on offense. I mean, you know, Debo Samuel's hurt, but Brandon Ayuk is good. You know, George Kittle, uh, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, you know, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy just needs to be average at this point. Yeah, and, they're on their third quarterback, and you you think about that. Here we are, late in December, talking about a team in the NFC on their third starting quarterback this year. And you say they have a legitimate shot to get to the Super Bowl, and that's no joke. And that's because of the defense. Yeah, totally agree. And that's why I bring up the Baltimore Ravens once upon a time with Trent Dilfer at the helm. And and give Dilfer credit in that season. He did a nice job managing the game, not making the big, big mistake, getting enough out of the offense, and get out of the way of the defense. Um, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the injury report. But I think Chris and I are in the same agreement. I just think it's way too early to say, yeah, we're going to sit, guys. Because I, I think this is a game where if you can set up and you get to the point where, all right, we feel comfortable with our spot, and you rest guys in week 17 so you don't get Kirk Cousins or Justin Jefferson or Zadarius Smith or another key cog or Harrison Smith injured, before that playoff game, that would be ideal. But we'll we'll get into that injury report uh, here in a moment on News Talk E three O W C C O. I need that fire tonight. It is cold. Take care out there. Uh, dangerous weather through Christmas Eve, and then finally those winds are going to lay down, and then uh, things are going to turn in our favor. Uh, Christmas Day, it'll be cold, high of five above, but the winds are going to lay down. And then by Monday, a lot of folks have the day off. Uh, Sunny and 12, that'll feel pretty good. Chance to clean up the roads. 21 by Tuesday, 34 by Wednesday, 37 by Thursday. So we'll get a little thaw after all of this. But, But take care. Take care of your friends and family and and neighbors and all of this. Uh, because it is that that really really dangerous stuff. Back to the Vikes, uh, injury wise, we we promised. Look at that injury report. Uh, here's what we've got: uh, center guard Bradbury really had a pretty good year, Chris. I mean, get, a lot of, a lot of people were critical of Bradbury, and rightfully so. Yeah. He had a pretty good year. Uh, he will be out. Will not play against the Giants. Yeah, and, and he's been out for several weeks with that back injury. So, yeah. yeah and uh, but he he had a nice nice turnaround this season. I I give give, give him a lot of credit for that. 
Uh, Cam Dantzler, Eric Kendricks, questionable. Uh, those are the biggies on the injury report uh, at at this point in time. Uh, once again, game Saturday, so things uh, have moved up. And the, the Vikings, little over field goal favorites. Um, I will say this, just from a motivation standpoint, the game means more to the Giants. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I think it does because, again, if, if you look at the standings right now, you got the Giants are you know essentially a game and a half. Or no, uh, yeah, game and a half behind the Cowboys because of that tie with Washington. So, so it is a long shot to win the division. It's in play. Like it's a long shot for the Vikings well, I mean, to math- be the number one yeah, seed. I mean, math- math- mathematically, yes. But I, I think at the end of the day, I think the Giants are clearly, if you want something, if you're the Giants, you want to try and jump the Cowboys for that wild card spot. Absolutely. Because... I mean, you don't have any more head-to-head with Dallas at this point. Like, your games with Dallas are done, and the Cowboys have swept the Giants. But you do have Philadelphia the last game of the regular season, and who knows what Philadelphia might have at that point. Like, if Philadelphia's got the number one seed wrapped up, well, guess what? Well, I think you're probably looking at, you know, Jalen Hurts resting, A.J. Brown. Like, you've got... Philly's sitting a whole bunch of guys, so to me, absolutely, yeah. You want to fend off Washington, but I think you want to, you know, you still want to keep Dallas in your sight. Yeah, absolutely. So a little more meaningful. One other thing I wanted to bring up uh, about the the Vikings' big picture. A couple of quick hits. Number one, over, over the seasons in sports, and I heard this a long time ago from a guy I worked with or worked for, and worked with in radio in in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And it, it's kind of interesting when, when we got into a conversation about teams that you get a sense at some point that maybe this is a team of destiny. Do you put the Vikings in that category, the way the season is played out, that, that maybe they are a team of destiny? They've won the division, but... But maybe the magic continues in the playoffs, and they continue to win these games that they have no business winning. See the Lions at U.S. Bank Stadium early. Well, see pretty see much every game that they week. played this year. Yeah, and yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about that a couple of days ago. I'm like, at what point do you start to throw that word around? Yes, Be- because to me, that's that's catnip for the fan base, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, is it not? You say the word it destiny. Is. This is a team of destiny and it's like a bunch of damn kittens and you're putting some catnip on the floor and they just go nuts. Uh, yeah. But I mean, look at the improbable wins that they've had this year. I think maybe the NFL in some weird, odd, messed up way is like giving the Vikings one year of really good karma for 60 plus years of really bad karma. So you get 61 bad years, and you've got one good year. Yeah, and and that's what i got to wonder. After that Colts victory, and the way this is see, this season has played out, and they're, they're now 11-3, and three, and their three losses, they, they didn't deserve to win any of those games. Blowout loss to the Eagles, blowout loss to the Cowboys, and, and the Lions were the better team that day at Ford Field. No, no doubt about that. But in their 11 wins... Do you play that card? And I do. 
One other thing on the Vikings, and i, I got to get this out there. I, I'm still in the mode, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but if if I was able to start a team from scratch in the NFL, there, there's still 10 quarterbacks I would take over Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but not trying it, to be a jerk. There are 10 other quarterbacks I would take ahead of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but, but, but would, you, would, you, would you take Kirk O'Chains over Kirk Cousins? Because that's like, I mean, well, that's, you know, that's like Clark Kent and Superman. You but, know. but one other thing. The one thing you can say about Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. he is tough and he is ridiculously durable. It is yes, a is. marvel on what this guy has done, his durability and his toughness. You have to be impressed, whether you're a Kirk Cousins guy or not. we got to run. We'll have the news at 8. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.